This podcast is brought to you by SoFoodie with a PH. SoFoodie is the go-to platform that highlights the stories and showcases the talents of brothers and sisters who are innovating and creating in the world of food and beverage. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at SoFoodie, that's foodie with a PH, or sign up for their email at SoFoodieWithAPH.com. This is JJ Outlaw and C Outlaw, and you are listening to a new episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast. You can catch me, JJ Outlaw, on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. <laughs> you can find me on the Instagram at Gourmet Goober, and as always, I'm joined every podcast with my husband, my co-host, my BFF, that dude, Big Daddy. I'm really out of alias, Bud. That's right, Bud. Olive. <laughs> Outlaw here. Hey, babe, how's it going? <laughs> it is going well. <laughs> Where can they find you? You can find me, T Outlaw, as T Outlaw, T O U T L A W, on Twitter and on Instagram at T Outlaw, Josie Wells, like the movie. You can always um, find us at thegourmetgoober.com. Drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. Or if you're on Facebook, and again, I see this every episode, Facebook's not my fave, so it's not as robust as the other social media platforms we have. But if you're so inclined, you can find us at the Gourmet Goober blog on Facebook because that's what we started. We started, wow, seven years ago mm-hmm. this month as a blog. It's all good. <laughs> Seven years, no witch. Yes. <laughs> so we are back after a longer than normal break. We normally take every two weeks. Big Daddy, unfortunately, was getting over a case, a bad case of the flu, so we decided to give him a little bit more time to recover. And it was the flu, okay? It was not mm-hmm. the thing that just took over the world, um, it seems like, over the past week or longer. Um, COVID-19, a.k.a. the coronavirus. Every day is a winding road. Let me tell you, and the coronavirus, we kind of went back and forth whether or not we're going to talk about it on this episode, but it's really hard to avoid, Um, especially since so much of our way of life in terms of how we congregate, how we communicate, um, how we work in the case of Big Daddy. He's working from home now. Um, just so much has been affected. And so I'm going to just be honest and say this is not going to be a normal episode. 
um, simply because, again, we're going to try to keep it light. But we start every episode talking about our week, and it's sort of impossible to not discuss our week without discussing the ways that the coronavirus really has dug into our very livelihoods, and your case especially, because I think I shared on previous episodes that even though we have not said where Big Daddy works, Big Daddy works in sports media. And, of course, that kind of makes it hard because, as of right now, there's hardly any sports out there. Hardly any. There's barely any. Nothing. I mean, there's, you know, little things here and there, horse racing, uh, other things. But for the most part, the cover is pretty bare, so we are learning to adapt and focus on world news. And it's really crazy for you, especially because it just seemed like every, it was like a domino effect. Like everything was grinding down in like real time. And I was, I remember because it started with the NBA and I was on my drive home after my coronavirus related fiasco, which I'll share in a moment. And Big Daddy called me and he's like, have you read this? And I was like, no, I'm in a car driving home. And you tell me that the NBA is suspended. Yeah, the NBA suspended a season. And then I was like, oh my gosh, is March Madness suspended? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> is it, an HF, NHL? Yes. <laughs> yeah, each thing kind of came as a domino within a 24 hour period. And it seemed that, and seems currently, that every day is a new wrinkle of what is or no, let's not even lie about it. What is not occurring? Yeah. Pretty much all you have to cover now is horse races and professional bowling in the WWE. Yeah, it's hard to ask horses questions. <laughs> and I don't mean to make light of it. I mean, I'm actually applauding, and I'm a sports fan. I love basketball. I've watched hockey before. I like hockey. I like baseball. Um, So... I get it when a lot of people are mourning the end of some of these leagues right now, but I also understand it's for the greater good. But still, it leaves you in a very weird place because it's my parents, they called and they're like, um, so what, Tom, what is T going to do? <laughs> That's kind of what he covers. Is he just mm-hmm. going to put zeros in the paper every <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I had to contemplate whether zero is going to go on or whether I would actually be working. Um, yeah. But pretty much is, yeah, I'm working and we're telling stories about everything that's going on around this uh, behemoth, but also what's going on outside of, you know, the out, the magical outlet or, you know, the things that you can't do when life gets on you is you can't run the sports. So we have to deal with real-world issues. And my shout-out to the journalists out there that are really affected by this. Um, Because I guess I never really realized until this happened about how many media-related things are dependent on sports as far as reporting of it. Like ESPN... We were just like, so what do they show in Sports Center? Do they just go back? Is it all like John Cena? <laughs> I mean, what do they, what do they cover? Um, and 
I, I know that some of your colleagues have really been struggling over the past week and seeing your confusion and how it works, interferes with your workflow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been really crazy between that and they basically like came to you and you were just like, you're working from home, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Yes. It, at a certain point, it became a thing where there was no, oh, you know, we could talk about, you know, you working from home or, you know, eh, we could, you know, you can come in or do this or that. No, it's pretty much you have the option. Either go home or you can come in if you wish. But one or two things will happen. There is no if, ands, or buts. Either you'll be working from home or you will be working if you would like from the office. That's just all it is. But I mean, if I were to share, yes, the the deal with the sports is, yes, it's that outlet for everything. But it also brought me back, and I know that there are two totally different situations, but 19 years ago, almost, was September 11th. And you remember, it was the day, like, kind of, we focused on when hell broke loose. And we kind of came together. And I remember that's when I learned that for at least that very short period, that sports didn't matter. And I believe now, even more than ever, that we should focus on coming together, getting our act right. And yeah, sports for the moment doesn't matter. And I think that's a really good point to have because I know that Ever since it's been declared by the World Health Organization as a pandemic, but even before that, there was a big concern as to, you know, I know some of our listeners, for example, have children in like the Chicago public schools and actually all the schools now, I think in Illinois, are just canceled to further notice. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the colleges are teaching from home. I have a friend of mine who is a college professor And he just posted on his Facebook about getting trained to teach from home, you know, and using that platform um, through online teaching to, um, in my boat, a lot of nonprofit organizations um, around this time use this time for various things such as fundraising. And in the case for my week, um, we spent months planning a major gala in order to raise fund. It was, it's actually one of the biggest fundraisers that we hold in a year. Mm-hmm. And we made the very difficult decision to cancel it this week. And do we cancel it or postpone it? Well, they postponed it. Um, okay. And thank you for correcting me on that. Cause they rescheduled it officially for October. Um, it was really, really hard when they made that decision because I work with a nonprofit organization without going into a lot of details that focuses on women who are escaping forms of women and men. Let me correct that. Who are escaping violence, whether it's domestic violence, sexual violence, um, just forms of abuse that are out there. And it's a really prevalent problem. So that one in four women and one in seven men have experienced at least one incidence of domestic abuse, for example, in their lifetime. So it's something that 
this organization provides a lot of services for. And it took a lot of behind the scenes work, especially on my behalf, because I think I shared on this episode or previous episodes that there are some changes in my departments where I was the department. (laughs) And we all had like a very stressful meeting. I think it was Wednesday of last week, I want to say, where they're just like, you know, we need to really be concerned about not only our guests, but also our clients, because a lot of times our clients that we serve, you know, they stay in our emergency shelters. They stay, they get services from the hospitals that we have programs at, and we could devastate these communities if one of us was to catch the virus in a group situation and take it back to them. And it was a hard decision to the point where some of the leadership where I work with was actually crying. Mm-hmm. And that's tough to take. But then you have to go with a difficult decision because we canceled it literally within days of the event. Like it was Wednesday, I believe. Yes. And the Wednesday. event was on Saturday. Like we waited to the last possible second. And in hindsight, it was a good thing anyway, because the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois, by the end of the week, they were just like, we really would like events over 250 people to not meet. And we were expecting about a hundred more guests than that. But, it was, but yeah. it was hard because we had someone literally on the way flying in to be our keynote speaker. And we had to tell them now. Um, in the case of one of the events, um, it's doubly crazy. And I can't go into a lot of details. I really can't <laughs> for various reasons. Let's just say mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Big Daddy's like, no, in case people can guess who it is. Let's just say I had to make some changes. So one of the people that we were fundraising with and there was a lot of work going into the fundraiser with this individual and the coronavirus situation has affected that too. Yes. <laughs> so it's just been a big clusterfuck for both of us. Well, and they couldn't, have, they, they, let's just tell the truth. They couldn't, they, they couldn't, they had to cancel the event, postpone it because Everybody was just going to be dazzled by this rented tuxedo I was going to show up with. <laughs> they, they thought I was going to walk in like Morris Day and, you know, jerk out, turn the whole place out. Oh, my God. Eat some chocolate and break. You know, because I was going to look fine up in that tux. Let me just say what really sucks is, well, what really sucks is we had to cancel it and we did it for the greater good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's a lot of personal investment we placed in the last week for this event like i have like this expensive ass dress that i'm like should i take it back should i keep it till october you had this like fine ass tux that you bought you had to cancel like i was texting you by the minute and i was like i don't i don't know if we're gonna have the event and luckily you were able to cancel it which is sad because i was hoping to get your james bond vibes I was just thinking if you were just forced to take it, we would just lay around in our living room binge watching the Real Housewives of Atlanta and our tux and fancy dress. 
No, the world was. I don't care, like you know, whatever virus you was out to the there. Grocery store in your tux. No, I was. Yeah, the world was gonna see that tux one way or another if I was in it. I was gonna start walking around, and be like, "Are you Idris Elba?" Well, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> I was going to work on my accent, talk all British, but yes, I'm Idris Elba. But yes, the world can handle my tux. So, Corona had to shut that down. So, yeah, it's. It's been a stressful week for both of us, as I imagine it's been for all of you. And um, between that and then everyone's response to what happened, that's like the crazy thing. Like, I'm sure if you've on social media, if you've seen the photographs of people like going to the grocery store and having things stripped bare. Go ahead and tell them the truth. It's. It's scary, and trust me, I've been in some, like I've in the last years. I've been in those stores where the rationing has gotten a little crazy. But as you have stated, let's quit taking pictures of the store shelves being empty because it's not a good, not a good look. Well, the reason why I said that actually was this morning, because to be honest, my mother is a health as a retired nurse. And about a month ago, my mother said, you know, the way this is advancing, maybe you and your husband should start making provisions. So if it gets in the worst case scenario, you're not going to be caught unaware. So I'm very lucky that my mom, and I don't talk about a lot of her on the show because, again, she's a very private person and she just doesn't want to be talked about in public. Don't put my name on the internet. (laughs) That is literally what she says. Mm-hmm. But she was very wise in doing that. So, you know, like, I've been, like, slowly buying, like, big things of, like, sanitizer. We're good on toilet paper. One thing I can say is that my parents haven't grown up during the civil rights era, especially my mother growing in rural Mississippi. She's taught me, like, how to keep a good stock pantry. So... We are good between that and having like the ginormous deep freezer. So I didn't have the the concerns that other people did. And luckily there are places that I go that doesn't have like the scary shelves. But that said, going back to what you said, I was at one place today because I had to get the ginger ale. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Because, of course, when you're having a virus outbreak, or just in general, black people, not to be stereotypical, but we like our ginger ale. <laughs> or, as I teasingly call it, black people tested. That's right. <laughs> Between 7-Up and, and ginger ale. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we will cure everything. But I thought, oh, let me just pick up a couple extra bottles in case, you know, I want to have it on hand. And I was in this this particular store... And I've shopped there frequently, and I was there earlier this week, and they were finally out of toilet paper. And the woman behind the counter, she was telling me how she was particularly stressed out because, like, Mondays is their delivery day, and Mm -hmm. they don't know if they're getting a new delivery, and they don't know if they're going to even be working past there mm-hmm. and you know my heart just broke for her because i know that everyone is in that boat and at least for now we're fortunate enough that we have positions that 
are not dependent on the the items that you know the coronavirus has really been attacking. But, well, you don't. I mean, uh, there are people who still need help with their even with this situation in terms of the corona. My thing is, I'm not going to lie and say that I wasn't nervous or am still nervous about. Think about, you know, that truck that comes on Monday, delivers products. My job depends upon a different kind of products. Right. So. And I'm hoping that there'll still be things to report on. But even now, it's a little different than our situation. It's in her situation. Right. And and she's she said, yeah, I... I know that people have been like showing empty shelves and everything. And she said, you know, I feel bad about it too. And she pointed out something that I didn't realize um, as I left this particular store and I drove past another one because I just wanted to get a loaf of bread. And there was one store that literally just opened like what, two months ago. Yes. That is completely closed because People stripped the bear. They got up in there. And they're not getting any more deliveries for the foreseeable future. That's insane. That is insane. So, people, if you're listening, dude. We <laughs> get it. All, yeah. We get it. Stock up at the same time. Take it easy. Just be nice to the people that are working in these stores because I, I can only imagine how they feel. And... You know, that conversation I had with that woman, you know, she was almost in tears because she was genuinely worried. And I know that a lot of people, and I get it. I mean, it's scary. You don't know what's going on. I don't know how it is in your community, but in our community, um, where we live in Northwest Indiana, if you go just over the border in Chicago and Illinois, they made a um, decree that... They're closing, like, all the restaurants and bars. So if the restaurants are only open for, like, um, drive-in and, like, delivery. So they're closing, like, all the dining restaurants as mm-hmm. of Monday. The bars are completely closed. Um, this is after they canceled the St. Patrick's Day parade here. And they even didn't dye the River Green, which is huge in Chicago. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm I'm worried because I take public transportation often and the CV, CDC said maybe you shouldn't be in groups of 50. Well, there's more than 50 people on the South Shore train. So what does that mean? Should I not take the train? There are definitely more than 50 people hopefully on like some of the L trains. Right. Do I need to take the blue line and do I not take public transportation? And I'm lucky I have the option of taking a car, but not many people do. So these are scary times. And we don't really know in the foreseeable future what it's going to look like even a month from now. And I think it's, that's the hard part, having the uncertainty. Yeah, it. the uncertainty is part of it. At the other, On the other hand, this is a good time to reflect go pray a little bit, but also, you know, those people that you pass on your way in and out sometimes, you know, just be good to your, you know, your fellow person to see people, you know, cause we all on a roundabout way of Kenfolk, but at the same time, just 
keep an eye on them, and you know, even if that means you know sharing a square or you know a little drink, pour a little liquor for your homie, whatever it takes, just you know, be willing to share with your people. I I think the main thing that we want to do with today's episode is bring a little levity. So um, we'll still talk about pop culture. We did manage to find three pop culture items that, you know, met the intersection of food and pop culture that was not directly related to the coronavirus. No, some of it's pretty close, but at the same time, we (laughs) got to have a little fun with it. Yeah. But the whole idea was that, you know, some things will change. God bless you. Of course, sneezing right now is not a good thing. No. I don't have the Rona. I promise you, it's just allergies. Hopefully you get tested. Or if you need to be tested. Because it's tight. I should have paused that. I'm sorry. (laughs) I blame the cats. Um, But seriously. Also, can anyone explain to me, like, I know they had mentioned something about dogs can't get coronavirus. Um, can casket? Well, I'm not sure. Okay. No, I'm, I'm assuming the answer is no. Okay. Because I'm looking at one of these cats and I'm thinking, it makes me a little sneezy. And <laughs> I start to wonder if he's like trying to like take me out. Well, that's just because Bitbit is mean. <laughs> he just does that. No, that's the weird thing. He's named the bully of the group. Well, no. Jellybean is the bully of the group. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, I ain't never dealt with a cat that had tats. This this cat is mean. Jellybean does not have tats. Do not listen to him. <laughs> On his back, right behind his head. I think this cat's got... I think he's been some, in, in a few places. I think he's done some things when he was younger. But no. Uh, yeah, the... We're doing our best to like, you know, keep it, keep it a little light. We know that these are crazy times and they are getting crazier by the day, by the hour, by every flip of, you know, King of Moore's wig. But <laughs> you did have to say that. Sorry. Who is she going to gonna come after us? <laughs> yeah. Basically her and Danny Wood are, are looking for me right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. But yes, uh, that was a shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're we're we we have Kenya Mora on the brain because we just saw the newest episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Well, in the worst case scenario, if I am sent home, which may very well happen this week, mm-hmm. um, to work from home, we have plenty of stuff to stream, so that's a good thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, the thing that's kind of jacked up is that some of the television shows are either working without a live audience and or they are suspending their production also. Oh, yeah. A lot of the shows we watch are suspending production. It's just... I don't want to belabor this because I know that... Do we also have to bubble wrap Alex Trebek? Yeah, we have to bubble wrap for Alex Trebek, Ruth Gator Ginsburg, Betty White. Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle. Um, Cicely Tyson. Yeah, we got a long list here. Sydney Poitier. <laughs> um, Harry Belafonte. 
It's Bubba him. Little Richard. Ooh. Oh yeah, we have Bubba Little Richard. Mm-hmm. Rep him twice. Yeah. He's quite a frail right now. With a little swirl. <laughs> Stop. And a twirl. <laughs> oh my goodness. So but yeah. Hopefully by now you guys have all seen the World Health Organization's guidelines. Um so I'm not gonna go over those again. If you can stay home, please do. Even if you're not having symptoms, remember that you could be a carrier for someone else. Um, please don't be selfish like that lady on the internet who bragged about going out to eat and taking her time and then because she can and and I'm just thinking how selfish of you. Taking or the, her time. Yeah, you haven't heard there was I think her name is Katie or something. She was... It's always a Katie. <laughs> as opposed to a Karen or, or Susan. Who brings bad potato salad. Yeah, there's <laughs> always one in the group. There's always one in the group. But she was on Twitter where someone had tweeted like a warning about, hey, maybe you should, um, I don't know, stay in if that's the case. And she bragged that oh not only did I not stay in, I went out to this public place and I enjoyed eating out in public and I took my very time in order to do that because this is America and I can do what I want. Okay. And that's true. You can totally do what you want, but you know what? Yeah, she went to a Rev Robin. Yeah, she said, I just went to a crowded Red Robin and I'm 30. So she's like, I'm not in the age of people getting sick. And, you know, I took my time. It was delicious. And I was just thinking, yay for you for bragging for being a, a possible carrier and hurting older people that you love. How rude are you? Uh-huh. Now, I'm not going to go any further with her because it turns out she's also a bigot and said really awful things about Asian people in the relation to the coronavirus but damn it man i'm kind of it just know, takes all kinds no you know what it was <laughs> it, you see you brought that to my attention and i was actually going to like stand by her for a second there and then you just had to just like slide in like all the extraneous stuff right there at the end now okay now i can't root for her okay she's out yeah there's not much you can do to save it So, anyway, do what you can. Be good to each other. Take care of yourself. If you have symptoms of the coronavirus, please seek medical attention. Hopefully, you're in an area that you can get a test. Mm -hmm. And we are going to do our very best to have the rest of the podcast and not, you know, let our fears get in the way of our content. But we're human, so if we talk about it on social media or Twitter or what have you, you know, we're like the rest of you. And we're just hoping that we can make it through this terrible time. <laughs> I mean, they are it's a stressful time for everyone, but hopefully for all of us who are going through this, and I mean everybody, I mean, it goes across every... Uh, race, creed, sex, 
religion is worldwide. It's a global thing. And we, we, we just got to make sure, you know, like I said, we take care of each other. One, wash them hands. Oh let's my not, God. Let's not trip. For the love of God, people wash your hands. I cannot believe that people are like tweeting like, well, I don't normally wash my hand. First of all, are we all in grade school that we not go to kindergarten? Wash your hands. There's like videos of people showing people how to wash your hands. I don't get it. No. Soap and water. Wash your hands. I mean, that's the thing. Yes. And it reminds us once again about, you know, making sure that you wash your hands and do it. You know, make sure, yes, that you do it. Because it's, it's a thing. And I would like to believe that, yes, like when I got sick a little a uh, couple weeks ago that I was a regular hand washer. That being said, I admit I got sick and there's nothing like, you know, when you have that really hardcore flu that just like you just ain't moving. I admit I was that person and it convinced me more than ever before all this coronavirus stuff went down that washing your hands and like being careful what you touch and, you know, what you keep. The hardest thing part, I think for me was. You know, after you wash your hands or do whatever you got to do, it's like trying to keep your hands away from your eyes or your mouth or whatever. It's extremely hard because everything itches immediately. You know, when you're like trying to keep your hands away from your, your eyes, your eyes are like, oh, wait a minute, hold on. I need you to rub me right now, right now, right now. Or like, you know, your, you know, your lip is like, I have this little quiver. No, it's very hard, but yes. Wash your hands. That's the thing, kids. You know, you can actually sing songs to it now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because wasn't it like Gloria, Gloria Gaynor was like, I will survive. I know Mariah Carey did one where she was singing the song to it. Um, I was talking about, you know, mystical. Or was that wash your ass? No, that's shake your ass. <laughs> No, I'm talking about <laughs> wash your hands. Shake them off. Wash your hands. Well, no, no, no. It's, no, no. That's like the Wu-Tang Clan and Protect Your Neck. They actually put out something where it's like the word Wu-Tang is spelled out. Mm -hmm. And each letter comes to something else. Go look it up. We don't need to go through each individual <laughs> letter. Or each individual Wu-Tang member, like, you know, explain it to us. When the Wu-Tang Clan is telling you to wash your hands. Wash your damn hands, because the Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> yes, that is correct. The Wu Tang Clan is nothing to fuck with. Months, yes. But mystical, however, now, uh, <laughs> yes, it, uh, the gist the, is. In the midst of all of this, we have jokes. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. And, and wash your hands. <laughs> yes, wash your hands. And when we come back, we will do a short pop culture segment um, where we talk about the things that are eating us. That is not the COVID-19 virus. <laughs> so you are listening to the Gourmet Cooper podcast, and we will be right back. Wash your hands. Take a bath. <laughs> Gooberland, this is JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. Do you consider yourself gumberworthy? Maybe you're a little bit gourmet and a lot ratchet. Well, if so, tell the world what your very own goober gear. 
from aprons and mugs to t-shirts and hoodies, is the perfect way to support our show while telling the world that you're part of Gooberland. So just head over to gooberswag.com, that's gooberswag.com, and get your very own Goober gear now. Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw, and I'm here with T Outlaw, and you are listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. We are back for our pop culture section on that. We talk about things that really kind of fit our interest in the intersection of food and pop culture called What's Eating Us. Um, and believe it or not, we were able to find a couple stories that we found of interest that did not include the coronavirus. <laughs> And many that do. Which is really, really hard to believe because it seems like everything is a coronavirus right now, and rightfully so. Um, One thing that actually came up this week um, came up while I, well, actually, it was over the last couple of weeks, especially when Big Daddy was sick. And I was looking at ways that I could slowly stock my pantry. And again, like I said, my parents having grown up in the civil rights era, especially my mother growing up in the deep South, she, there were certain things that she taught me growing up, like always have a deep freezer. So now those people were like going to the grocery store and finding like the meat section, like strip bare. I'm good. <laughs> we have like a meat a deep freezer full of like any type of meat you want. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, don't come look for us because we, we don't have, that much meat. We ain't sharing. I'm oh, sorry. no, no, no. That's a good idea. We don't no. have anything. No, we have nothing. We got a couple of things of chicken. That's about it. No. We're don't. comfortable. Let's no. just put it that way. We're okay. But don't come Don't come from my house to a barbecue or nothing. <laughs> we got nothing for you. Because, you know, my mom always said, you know, buy meat packs and keep those things just in case. And so this is the just in case. So thanks, mom. But then, you know, there's also staples that everyone should have in their pantry, like boxes of pasta, tomato sauce, canned soups. So there was a few extra things that I was going to pick up. And one thing in particular, when I was at one particular store over the past couple of weeks, there were people that were making a run on Tito's vodka. Mm -hmm. And I thought, now I don't drink, obviously, because I'm allergic to alcohol. I think I shared that on a previous show. So I just thought, wow, that, must be really popular. And then I found out the reason why that that's happening. Because okay. recently, Tito's Vodka, apparently, there are all sorts of rumors as to what can protect you from the spread of the coronavirus. And one thing is people have been told that they can make their own hand sanitizer. Is hand sanitizer run out throughout the country, mainly because there are people like that asshole that was covered in the New York Times who was stockpiling almost 18,000 bottles of hand sanitizer. Dude. Or what about the kids in England who uh, who got suspended because they were uh, going on Rockefeller and making their classmates pay for his quote-unquote squirts of hand sanitizer? Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. That is crazy. You know, you just roll up and, you, you know, your little classmate, like, you know, roll, hey, come to my locker. I got, I got a couple squirts for you. It'll Although, you I did once sell surgical gloves to my classmates. See, so that works too. Maybe I shouldn't be so judgmental of that. <laughs> I won't go back into that. But anyway, one of the rumors was that 
Tito's vodka could be used specifically to make hand sanitizer. Hmm. And it was so prevalent that Tito's had to actually go online and issue this statement. Per the CDC, hand sanitizer needs to contain at least 60% alcohol. Tito's handmade vodka is 40% alcohol and does not meet the current recommendation of the CDC. They need to aspire to be better. <laughs> they need to put in more alcohol, right? That's right. <laughs> in the attached statement, Tito cited the Centers for Disease Control, said by washing your hands is still the best way to, to fight the virus. So, although there are many people who are convinced that you could get um, save yourself from the coronavirus from the Tito's, Tito's is letting you know that is not the case. And they actually issued that statement multiple times on Twitter as there was a user who brand, bragged about using the vodka to make a DUI hand sanitizer. So let this be a public service announcement. <laughs> there are many things you can do to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. You could stay stay indoors. You can avoid large crowds. You can wash your hands or use, like, we have antibacterial wipes that Big Daddy and I, we carry with us everywhere. Um, in my purse, in my backpack, I gave you a pack as well. Mm. So that way you can have it there. But the Tito's? No. Tito's is not really a solution for that. No, it's not. A <laughs> Don't put it on your hands. Put it down your throat. <sighs> Another... Another staple besides the vodka that some people may be stocking up on for the coronavirus is ginger ale. Ginger <laughs> ale. Or as I call it, the black people's robotess. <laughs> I think I've heard that before. <laughs> so, I, I think I tweeted or I texted Big Daddy at some point, and actually I tweeted as well, that I knew the coronavirus worry was getting real in my hood because they were out of ginger ale. And for those of you who may not know what I'm talking about, let's see, how can I explain this? You want me to rip the Band-Aid off? Go ahead. Oh, the best thing I know is that growing up as a little kid in our house and the houses of other people around us, the quickest way to take care of problems is have some ginger ale or some or some 7-Up and go lay down. That was what I was always told. Yes, and it's in that order. Either ginger ale or 7-Up. And it can't be just any ginger ale. It has to be Canada Dry. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it has to be just Canada Dry. It's always Canada Dry. If someone gives you anything but Canada Dry, you know they don't love you. <laughs> but it's always drink some 7-Up or drink some ginger ale and lay down. You have to do them both together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and on social media this week, Someone had inquired, and I thought it was hilarious because this kind of led to a really great discussion that Big Daddy and I had over why is it that, generally speaking, ginger ale is like a thing for us? And it's not something that's kind of universal. <laughs> so people were tweeting things like that really great meme or that gif where Diddy staring at that guy and making the band and says when the coronavirus meets a body with ginger ale in it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the coronavirus 
fire centers my immune center in the ginger ale I just drank. It's holding the gun. Okay. I liked it. <laughs> um, black people ginger ale knowing the coronavirus won't hit them. <laughs> like, you know it was serious because seriously, in my hood, you couldn't find a bottle of ginger ale the last day or so. <laughs> like, we know. Yeah, somewhere like on Instagram, there should be a picture of me holding a bottle of ginger ale. And what I aspire to be was a bottle of Grey Goose. But yeah, pretty much once you have your ginger ale in your blanket, you set, lay down, have your ginger ale, and chill. Please, chill. (laughs) But no, it's a thing. Ginger ale just happens to be that one thing that I don't know in my family there were a couple things you always had to have in the house to make sure that yeah when things went south that you always you were always set you know to get through a couple days and I don't really know where it started from but mm-hmm. it's it was like a it's a universal in my culture at least when it was for me growing up to the point where if you had a tummy ache, like ginger ale cured like a wide variety of things. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, and I still do this, and I know it's stupid. I know it's dumb. I know it technically doesn't work. But when all else fails, when I have a tummy ache, I will drink a cup of glass of ginger ale. Like okay. I have sent you to the store for a bottle of ginger ale. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure why that is a thing. No, it just became like this random thing that you we thought would help us out in random situations like, oh, I have a little gas on my shoulder. Oh, just go get some ginger ale. Or I have, I don't know, You, as you mentioned, a tummy, like, oh, I have a headache. Oh, just, just go get some ginger ale and lay down. You know, I have a migraine. Yeah, go get some ginger ale and lay down. Oh, I have like, you know, uh, I don't know. I have a problem peeing. Well, you got bigger problems, but yeah, go get some ginger ale and lay down for a little bit. Yeah, ginger ale seemed to like solve every like little weird problem. Yeah, and our friends at SoFoodie actually tweeted this the other day, a link to something that's on the Shade Room, which if you're not familiar with the Shade Room, I'm just going to say Google it because the Shade Room is all kinds of messy. <laughs> yeah, TSR will definitely get you in spaces. <laughs> But that said, occasionally they have discussions that are good. And so we thought with the coronavirus, as we were talking about staples, I, the first thing I thought was, I need to make sure there's enough ginger ale in our house. Mm-hmm. And the story is hilarious because they talked about how we all low-key grew up in the same household when it comes to certain chains. And the one that's being ginger ale in particular, if you grew up in a black household, you already know that ginger ale was and still is the answer to not feeling well. But that says you have to make take the proper steps to make it work. So someone tweeted earlier in this exchange, attention black people, I drunk ginger ale and still feel nauseous just to let y'all know. But did you lay down? You have to lay down for the ginger ale to work. Yeah. You just can't drink it. So this is a public service announcement for everyone who's listening, who's not familiar with the power of ginger ale. As you look upon your staples and you're stripping the places bare with toilet paper and other things, first of all, cool it because we all need toilet paper. But second of all, 
don't bypass the ginger ale. The ginger ale could make you feel all kinds of better, and you're missing out on that power. Yeah, I also grew up, <laughs> like, when I got a little older, I also found out that ginger ale is not a hangover cure. Damn it. And get the can of the dry ginger ale, not the Schweppes. Yeah. Schweppes does not help you. No, I'm trying to think Sprite with ginger is not ginger ale. It is Sprite with ginger. Yeah. <laughs> it either has to be 7-Up or ginger ale. And that's it. Canada Dry. Canada Dry ginger ale. I'm trying to think the other ginger ale besides Schweppes and Canada Dry. Oh, there's Verner's. Okay. Verner's may work in a pinch, but Verner's really doesn't have ginger in it. Mm-hmm. It has a bite to it, though. Okay. If you can find some Verner's... I have some people, family down south who swear drinking hot burners is like medicine. Hot burners? You've never heard that? No. In certain parts of the country, Verner's ginger ale, or it's more or less a ginger soda. It's not true ginger ale. But some people actually drink it warm or hot as a hot hot toddy. Hmm. So... The reason that you drink it is apparently some people do that to clear out, like, different stuff. And no, it is not the cure-off for the coronavirus, people. Damn it. It just makes you feel good. (laughs) Yeah. So, yes, you could try it hot. And actually, it's pretty decent hot because there's vanilla in it, too. So, it kind of adds, like, an extra note to it. Hmm. I am learning something new every day. So... The other weird thing we found is we were looking into the ginger ale because I was curious as to why ginger ale is like the, the end all and be all in our culture. But then I came across this really weird article that was in the Atlantic where it talks about a brief history of racist soft drinks. What? I know, right? So apparently this article, which you can find in Atlantic, is actually a really good read. It's from 2013, um, and it talks about Coca-Cola not only being a soda that used to contain cocaine, which we all knew, but that Coca-Cola was actually positioned to be the drink of white middle-class white people. Dang. So, according to this, the fancy-sensory-and-a-half history of soft drinks and race relations in the United States was spelled out in the just-published New York Times column from Grace Elizabeth Hale. The part about the interwar period in America is particularly interesting, with Coke being marketed and the white middle class. So, according to this article, Coke's recipe was the only thing that was influenced by white supremacy. In the 20s and 30s, it studiously ignored the African-American market. And promotional materials appeared in segregated locations that serve both races, but better in those that caters to African Americans alone. Huh. Meanwhile, Pepsi saw an opportunity, and Pepsi presented themselves as um, a drink for the quote-unquote Negro markets. So, and by the late 1940, black sales representatives worked the Southern Belt, Black Belt, and Northern Black urban areas. Black fashion models appeared in Pepsi ads and black publication and special point of purchase displays appeared in stores patronized by African Americans. They even hired Duke Ellington as a spokesperson and some employees of Pepsi even decided to um, further distance themselves from Coca-Cola by circulating racist public statements made by Robert 
W. Woodruff's Code's president. Hmm. So the article also talks about how they, a lot of times, soft drinks relied on other images behind, besides blatantly stereotypical ones related to race. So, for example, and I remember this, where the mascot of Pepsi, not Pepsi, Mountain Dew, used to be Willie the Hillbilly. <laughs> Willie the Hillbilly? <laughs> Willie the Hillbilly. And I knew this, not that I drunk, I, I wasn't alive back then, but I had family members who had, like, old bottles or things. Okay. And they had, like, old Mountain Dew bottles with Willie the Hillbilly on it. And the slogan, Yahoo Mountain Dew, it, tickle your, it will tickle your innards. Sounds like a Leonard Skinner song. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I obviously, hopefully, things have changed. <laughs> um, so or maybe they have not. <laughs> well, I'm I'm hoping by now. Well, I, I'm I'm guessing by now, Coke has probably realized that you know maybe marketing to just one segment is not a good thing. Although that does explain something, because you told me how when your family and, like, your family members, like your grandmothers and things like that, they always bought Pepsi. Yeah, my mother was a Pepsi devotee, and, like, we had, you know, the bottled glass Cokes in the house and whatever. But, yeah, a lot of my family members, especially ones from down south, were Pepsi drinkers. And I don't know why that was a thing. I mean, I don't, I know I grew up drinking both. I also grew up drinking RC and God forgive me, but it was just one of those things where, yeah, I, a lot of, yeah, random things that occurred in my family were just, yeah, one on a lot of the ones from down South had, you know, had Pepsis and from time to time, yeah, we had Cokes, but yeah, we just like Coke, uh, Pepsis better. It was just a random thing. I don't know why, though. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. You know, that is a good point. Yeah, and I I just always wonder if it was just opportunity. But maybe it could be a culture thing, especially with our aunties and grandmas and grandpas. If it, the only thing they were allowed to purchase was Pepsi, that explains a lot. Mm-hmm. So while we're thinking of staple items outside of that, one other thing that a lot of people made a rush to fill their cabins with this week was probably sweets because, again, you don't know when you'll be able to make it back to the grocery store. But there is one thing that we would probably not put on our list, and that is um, these Oreos that are called Supreme Oreos. Have you heard of these? Oh, the Diana Ross Supreme Oh, Oreos? no, 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 no. Okay. So... Apparently, okay, just to give you a background, because I did not know this, but um, apparently there is this lifestyle company that is called Supreme. And what they are is that, you know, they do a lot of cross collaborations with other, you know, things for their brands. So they're known for their accessories and They've had, like, really strange um, collaborations. Like, there was a Supreme-branded Ziploc bag, which is insane. Oh. Um, Weird. They're major fashion labels, so they have their logo on everything from skateboards to T-shirts. 
to even nunchucks. Nunchucks. And a Supreme branded brick. Okay. Hmm. So earlier this year, they decided that they were going to brand with Oreo. And so the famous cookie was going to be um, in the color of the Supreme um, brand, which I guess is kind of like almost a, a red velvet color. Okay. Right. It'll actually have the logo on the cookie. And then the cookie itself will have um, the double stuff Oreo feeling inside. So it originally it was supposed to be part of the Supreme Spring Summer Accessory line, available in a three pack, three pack, three cookies now. Three cookies. Three Oreo cookies, priced at eight dollars. Okay. Must be damn good cookies. They're just regular Oreo cookies. Red, this color. Okay. Double stuffed cookies, three pack for eight dollars. Okay, so far I'm I'm thinking kind of decadent, but yeah, I like it. Now the big release was supposed to be on February twentieth. However, for some way there's an the universe must have determined we need a laughter in this coronavirus thing. So they decided there are some people who leaked quote unquote the cookies like they got them early. Mm-hmm. Guess how much the cookies were selling for on eBay. Nine dollars. Twenty three thousand. Twenty three thousand. A three pack of red Oreo cookies. Twenty three thousand dollars on eBay. That's eight thousand dollars virtually per cookie. For a cookie. Yes. <laughs> For a cookie. A cookie. Like an Oreo cookie. Yes. There's a pack of the Oreos on on eBay that sold for $23,000. There was another listing that got up to $92,000. The Forbes. Okay. But it's no longer on the site. <laughs> wait a minute. And wait a minute, I'm thinking like, okay, I know like Oreos can be like single, double stuff, triple stuff. I'm like, that's a whole co- a cookie. I'm like, that cookie has to be as big as a car length for me to even consider this. When you pay twenty three thousand for a pack of cookies, like three Oreos, twenty three thousand dollars, do you eat them? Like, what do you do with it? Like you have to hold them things up, like you know, like they uh, what was it? They have to be some like crystal bottle size cookies. No, they're regular size Oreos. I'm about to say, dude, like I don't know, Queen Elizabeth licked these bad boys. No. No, no, <laughs> computer says no. no. No, there's no reason for me. Like that's just people like you know. Trying to run up the price on something for the hell of it. No. There's nothing special about these cookies. I'm sorry. I'm like, now I'm thinking in my head, like, maybe I should find a way to go to the store and get three Oreo cookies in a package and sell them and say that, like, you know, they're the Jay-Z brand of cookies. Give me a thousand dollars. I'm like, there's nothing special. They're a Supreme brand of cookies. They're red velvet. Okay. No, no. We don't even know if they... Or red velvet. They're not even red. Okay. We just this know that they're worse. that color. They're just red. Co- they could be blood. Okay. 
okay, now I'm not trying to be nasty or anything, but do these uh, and they taste like regular Oreo cookies? Well, I'm going to assume I, you know, what they better smell. Look, like I wasn't going to pay eight dollars for a three pack of cookies. You know, I'm damn sure not going to pay eight thousand for a cookie. <laughs> I'm about to say they better smell like Beyonce. Ooh, they better smell like Beyonce and Idris Elba. Yeah, matter of fact, they better smell like what was it? Uh, what was the candles that you know the Goop candles or the uh, Erica Badu candles that smell like (laughs) Yo Nana? Ooh, Lord! Oh my God, that's right. (laughs) Uh, Oh wow! No, no. Even for that much, I'm like "Mm, no. They better smell like success. I'm about to say, I'm sorry. Twenty some. Oh God, I'm 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 having a moment here. I'm feeling fresh sampled now. I'm like, do each one of them have a lottery ticket in the bastards? No, just a cookie. Is Steve Harvey gonna show up and hand me the cookies? Like you know, like you know, <laughs> with a publisher's clearinghouse check? Nope, just a cookie. Just a cookie. Just a cookie. No nookie for the cookie? <laughs> you know, do I get a free I've, stripper with this? You know what? That might have added some value to it, but no. Just a cookie. No. I'm sorry. I can't get down with this. <laughs> now, just in case you're curious, I decided to also look up some of the most expensive food auctions that ever been held. And this is a quote to a blog called Cheapism.com. But there are people that are willing to throw away more money over food that seems kind of common. Did, at any point in any of this that you're about to bring up, did it involve like a show with two chains in it? No. Okay. Actually, that would actually make an interesting thing. Mm. You know what? Someone should hire us to do like the most expensive food. That would be us. <laughs> but in 2018, a group of 15 Spanish restaurants bought to get by a wheel of artisanal blue cheese known as Cabrales, with the winning bid clocking in at more than $15,700. Why so much? The cheese matures for three to six months with weekly care in the caves of the Picos de Europa, some of which is only accessible by one via a one-plus-mile hike. (laughs) After hike to get a thing of cheese. Yes. There was a white truffle that sold for $330,000. My favorite, the cracker from the Titanic. I'm thinking it's a little wet right now. Anything that's selling the Titanic, is, it's going to attract high bid. And in 2015, a cracker from the emergency kit aboard one of the lifeboats on the Titanic was sold for $23,000. That must be known. Make a cracker. <laughs> Ooh, that was the best cracker I ever had. Mm. Oh, my God. You spend $23,000 on this old-ass cracker. You better not eat it. There's a chocolate egg that sold for $11,107 in 2012, and it holds the record for the most expensive chocolate egg sold at auction. It's a 3-foot, 110-pound egg that was decorated with a gold leaf and filled with chocolate and truffles. Did it also have a little blue, blue pill in it? No, it did not. Yeah, because that's about what, what needs to happen for me to uh, put that, that money down for that. Mm, I ain't got that money, though. 
Dude, eBay once sold a Harambe-shaped Cheeto for $99,900. I'm sorry, did you say a Cheeto? Yes, one Cheeto. One Cheeto? Yes. Did it have the face of the Mother Mary on it? No. But, Mm-mm. just in case you're interested, there was a piece of toast that was also sold on eBay that was $28,000 that had the picture of the Virgin Mary on it. Okay. That one I could probably... Yeah, I could... Maybe. Maybe I could... I'm not paying up any of this, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm willing to say, yeah, I'm at least willing to think that one could be worth something. But wouldn't you hate to be the, like, you know, kind of like the M&M's commercial where you go to reveal and then, like, you know, somebody, I don't know, a custodian came through and ate that? Oh, my God. Yeah. He's getting fired. He, she. Be like, uh, what happened? We ate him. But one of the most expensive things that I see, saw on this list was um, a ham that sold in 2018. It was an 1,877 grand champion ham. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. I, I misread that. that yeah. It's an 18 pound, almost a 19 pound grand champion ham brought in from a stouting $2.8 million. This is just a ham, right? Yes. It's not bacon. No. It was, apparently there's the Kentucky Farm Bureau at the Kentucky State Fair has an annual ham breakfast, and it always includes a charity auction. So apparently someone brought in this ham. It was almost 19 pounds. It was a grand champion ham, and they sold it for $2.8 million. And the proceeds went to the University of Kentucky. Is it a Bugatti ham? Look, I like ham like the next person. But $2.8 million worth of ham? Again, what do you do with it? Do you eat it? Do you just look at it? Like, seriously, if you took a slice of that, I would have to come after you. (laughs) If I was to purchase of it. If I paid $2.8 million for a thing of ham, you bet your ass I'm going to be eating that (laughs) I'm gonna be inviting. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start inviting presidents over to eat the ham with me. You're just like you can have one slice. Yeah, and I'm gonna start charging too. But here's the thing: you know the ham doesn't taste any different than other ham. It's just ham. So why would I'm you pay two point eight million dollars? It's gonna taste like something different. <laughs> it's gonna be deep, deep, deep. Fried, laid down to the side. Ooh, we gonna be help- we gonna help in the ham. Matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna pour some crystal on top of the ham just to make sure we understand why it's two point eight million dollars. Yeah, that I don't have. Ooh, man, think about the dude who had to try to steal the ham. So, if you are listening and you happen to know the person who's paid twenty three thousand dollars. For the Oreo cookie. Or the guy who paid or girl $2.8 million for a thing of ham <laughs> for swine. Please answer a question and just tweet us at JJ Outlaw or T Outlaw and let us know. Does the Oreo, did you eat the Oreo cookie? Like, I, I'm dying to know what happened to it. 
Because obviously alive. someone's willing to pay 23000 for it, but it's an Oreo. And, oh my god, like, what if you, like, dropped it and it broke? What if you, like, accidentally sat on it? The cookie crumbles. There's, like, so many things that can happen to this cookie. No, my cookie is not my cookie. <laughs> I got a sick reputation for handling cookies. No. <sighs> okay. Now, can I get to my list of, like, things that you can, buy, like, you need to stock up on, or are we good? Oh, well, yeah. If you, since we're talking about pantry items, and hopefully your list does not include $23,000 Oreos, sure. No, it does not include $23,000 <laughs> Oreos. Oh, boy, would that be a thing I would like to be in a safe room with. But, no, I decided that during this week, uh, while everyone was stocking up on the quote-unquote essentials, uh, that were necessary during uh, this time of what do we call social distancing? You know, while everyone is quartered at home, not quarantined, um, while we are sitting at home trying to get everything together. But yeah, we wanted to make sure we went to the stores and stocked up. And I realized that everyone was, of course, getting their, of course, water, their hand sanitizer, and oh my goodness, the toilet paper. Why? I don't, I don't, but okay. Me as a person also decided that, you know, there's other things that we could stock up on. They're essential in our house. Not the ginger ale. The ginger ale is part of it, yes. Yes, okay. And part of this house, yeah, it's like there are things that you absolutely positively have to have in the home just in case, you know, things like this occur. Or there's a zombie apocalypse or, I mean, hell, in case a party breaks out, you know, while you're, you know, you know, uh, embedded in place. I said, I just, while I was walking down the aisles, I made this little list. I was like, what are the things that I need that needs to, as a matter of fact, needs to be in everybody's house while we are, uh. You know, trying to hunker down and get out of said materials. And what, the first thing I just randomly came up with was Gatorade. I'm sorry, not Gatorade. It was ginger ale because, as we have heard uh, a couple times before, it's the black person's tussle. Yes. It's real. You know, we got to make sure. Got to have Gatorade. You know, if you have 7 Up, that's cool too. But I absolutely positively have to have some, some ginger ale or some 7 Up. Second thing I had was deodorant because while everybody, if you have family members and we're all like, you know, healthy, if you're all quartered in place and you can't go nowhere, after a little time, things are going to get a little funky. You know, some of y'all is going to smell after the first day. So make sure that you stocked up on the deodorant because it's going to be a while and some of y'all going to get a little sweaty. And this is aside from the people who are washing hands. Also for the people who are washing their hands. Especially people like me, if you wash your hands, you know, well, I mean, the 20 seconds to 25 seconds, baby girl, you're going to need some lotion. I mean, stock up on that lotion and not just hand cream lotion. We talking about the good lotion. Are you talking about the lotion or Vaseline? No, we Vaseline would also be acceptable. Yes, because you don't want to be ashy. No, you don't want to be ashy. One. And but if you don't know what ashy means, Google it. Yeah. You know, for all of us, you know, 
African Americans and others who have been in like places and we don't have no moisturizer going on. We definitely need enough moisture and a good moisture in our lotion. And also, as the gourmet goober has brought up, you gotta have some Vaseline in the house because, as a matter of fact, you gotta have a little bottle. I'm sorry, like a little jar of Vaseline, not only in the house, but also take it with you when you're in the store because, you know, while you're trying to get these materials and everyone's like having a run on water and hand sanitizer and toilet paper, you know, if a fight conceivably may break out, if you need the help of, you know, giving them the look and you need to take off your earrings, the <laughs> next thing that's coming up is the Vaseline. So whip out the Vaseline and I'm betting you that at least two people in this group are going to break loose. They're going to break loose. They're going to they gonna leave because they know once you whip the Vaseline out and you take the earrings off, something's about to pop off. That's just all there's to it. So, yeah. Vaseline lotion. I love it that you actually wrote out this list. Yes. You, <laughs> hey, I can't even prepare for this because, like I said, I was walking down these aisles, not only in, you know, in my neighborhood store, but also, like, yeah, in the Walmarts and Myers while they were still open. Um, and the Kroger's, as you will. The other thing I had on here was, uh, you know, while everybody is, you know, if, if you got that Tito's, that's good. But make sure you got to have a good thing. A good rack of uh, brown liquor. Why brown liquor? Because brown liquor makes things go quicker. We don't even have brown liquor. We don't even drink. Hey, you ain't got no brown liquor. Wait, is there brown liquor in the house? So anyway. <laughs> I noticed you didn't answer me. <laughs> you gotta have a good thing of brown liquor because, you know... Also, when you deal with people in the house, such as your, you know, your kids or your family members, you know, those ones that on ain't on the Act Right program, sometimes you need, and it, it doesn't even really have to be brown liquor, but sometimes you need something to kind of just help you take the edge off of things. So once again, I recommend brown liquor. I'm a big fan. Also, uh, I also did this for the Gourmet Goober on Saturday while I was uh, picking up a few things. Uh, have a good run of chocolate. Oh yeah, yeah. Can't can't go wrong without chocolate. This 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 is my request. Chocolate, yeah. I I I, I approve this message. Thank you, <laughs> thank you very much. You gotta have chocolate because you know for those who the liquor isn't going to help you or it's probably not a good healthy thing. Yeah, chocolate, good chocolate, and you know. Dark chocolate actually lasts longer. Um, but yeah, chocolate. Um, candy, you know, is is a good thing. But yeah. Is coffee on the list? Coffee can be on the list. No, no, no. Coffee should be on the list because I drink coffee for the rest of you. See, people often think that coffee drinkers, like serious coffee drinkers, the one that cannot start their day without it, they drink it for their benefit. No, we drink it for your benefit because you don't want to see us without coffee. Hmm. Okay, so now that I'm hiding, <laughs> we're going to move on to the list as she is so eloquently added coffee. Uh, along with that, for the kids who can't drink the coffee, you absolutely positively in this house and in other houses of people whose melanin level is like mine, 
from the time you were a little kid to the time you grew up, absolutely positively, you got to have that Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. You got to have Kool-Aid in the house somehow. The wireless, the crystal light, I don't care how you get in there, but most importantly, you got to have the Kool-Aid. And not just regular Kool-Aid, the red Kool-Aid. Because, you know, I've heard some I've heard some rumors, unsubstantiated, that Kool-Aid, the red, as you will, will help you, you know, get over the coronavirus a little quicker. But I, I like to believe that's fake news. But at the same time, absolute positivity, you got to have Kool-Aid in the house. And for them people in, in certain houses that don't understand, I don't know how much sugar you put in your Kool-Aid. I don't even care if you use artificial flavor. Absolute positive Kool-Aid with sugar or something sweet. I don't care if you have to put honey or what was the stuff, the stevia or whatever. Make sure you get this in your Kool-Aid. Don't have me go, like, you know, be quarantined in your house and you not have any sweetness in your Kool-Aid. Don't give me that flat Kool-Aid that has nothing in it. That's just wrong. That's blasphemy. And I might throw you out of, the, out of your own house. That's just wrong. But yeah, Kool-Aid. Also, I would like to introduce, you know, my wife wanted me to introduce, you gotta have some, you know, the good things that, you know, are like perishable, but not perishable. Like, you know, you gotta have the beans and the veggies. And, you know, you gotta have extra meat. Yeah, that's, that's true. Very much so. But I just thought it wasn't funny enough for this list, so I'm just saying it just to move on. But yeah, the beans and the veggies, yeah, that's good too. You gotta have a couple of scratch offs just in think just in case things you know pop off. Um the other thing I happen to have here, um ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce the fact that if you in a house like this, or really any house, because I'm not making stereotypes here. How would you, during this time, people, I would like to say, you got to stock up on hot sauce. Oh, God, yes. Positive people. We're we giving each other, you know, fist jabs right now. <laughs> hot sauce. I don't care how y'all, I don't care if it's Louisiana. I don't care if it's Sriracha. I don't care if it's, what, what other hot sauce we got here? We have sriracha. Actually, I just bought this like green hot sauce. Um, it's called a hatch hot sauce. It's really good. Okay. And then I think, is it Texas Pete? I think we have that in the house too. Okay. We get on hot sauce. Okay. Oh, let's gotta make sure we gotta have. Oh, and the hot honey. Does that count? Oh yeah, we uh, the goober here is uh become a devotee of hot honey sauce. That you can put on chicken and other uh, arrangements, hot sauce. Um, with that, if if you don't have barbecue sauce in your house, um, there's a problem with you. <laughs> Gotta have barbecue sauce, but most importantly, yeah, have hot sauce. But yeah, barbecue sauce is right behind that. That that's a public service announcement for all you kids out there. Um, I did mention deodorant because you got to make sure you, you keep it funky. For all you uh, stoners out there, you know, after you come off your little buzz, you know, you might want to make sure you have a good thing of uh, ramen and or rice. Generally for anybody, yeah, just make sure you got an extra thing of ramen. 
But the last thing on my list, I don't know why I put it on the list, but the Gourmet Goober wanted to make sure I, I included this. While you are in your house and you're going to be here for a while, working from home and or, you know, quarantine, make sure you got your Netflix your sh- or your streaming services. Make sure you Netflix and chill. And or, and if you do not have Netflix or the ability to stream, while you're on your way back from the store, stop by your local, I don't know, hair care product store or <laughs> your general gas station in the hood and make sure you talk to this dude named Risky or Pookie or whoever who's going to help you out. You can also find him at, at your local Popeyes. There's usually oh, yeah. one at Popeyes with yeah. the, the, the pack in his bag. Yeah, make sure you get your bootleg straight. <laughs> You know, not not just, you know, <laughs> if you also is trying to sell you some mixtapes, try try to avoid them. But always get the, the really good quality bootlegs. Um, not that we're endorsing bootleg material, because that's stealing. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, the Gourmet Goober is going to interject okay. and say that we, as an organization, nor Plum Media, approve approve of bootlegging in any way, state, or form. We say this not only as a person belief, but as hopefully we can get that sweet um, promotion money from from the entertainment industry whenever they reopen after the COVID nineteen scare. Okay. That said, mm. if one does encounter the risky, <laughs> it's always a risky. <laughs> the local Popeyes and Pookie or Pookie. Mm-hmm. That is up to you. We're not advocating it in any way, shape, or form. Or my buddy Ray. Or your buddy Ray. Yeah. Because we want some of that sweet bread. Yes. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> mm. And I'm done. Okay, so. You know, we were going to talk about the return of the Shamrock Shake, but I'm spent after that. No, we can get the Shamrock <laughs> Shake in if we think we can, but. Because <laughs> I was going to transition from. <laughs> the Oreo cookies. I just went to straight the Oreo off. cookies and the Shamrock Shake, but I can't talk what you just did. No, no. <laughs> you there? Hey, if the people need to know about Shamrock Shakes, hey, we're about to go into St. Patrick's Day, so Shamrock Shakes are back. Well, just so you know, the Shamrock Shake is turning fifty years old this year. Yay! They added Oreos in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but again, you're. Yeah, I, I went a long way around the road around <laughs> the Oreos and the. You told me I could come to the end, but yeah, the Shamrock Shake is fifty, and they're introducing. <laughs> they have Oreos in them, some of them. Yes, that you can actually get. Um, it's actually interesting though. Um, one thing I learned about the Shamrock Shake: it wasn't always mint flavored. Really? No. The Shamrock Shake was originally known as the St. Patrick's Day Shake. And it was originally made of a mix of vanilla milkshake and lemon lime sherbet. Hmm. There used to be something called a leprechaun shake, which sounds weird. And the leprechaun shake, um, you'll get a shamrock shake and it was mixed with chocolate. It was like a liquid thin mint. Back in the 80s, the shamrock shake was actually marketed by a big green Chicken nugget looking character by the <laughs> name of Uncle O'Grimacy. Wait a minute, not like the Grimace shake. It was no. just an O'Grimacy, a chicken nugget. Yes. Huh. 
That's which new. is weird as hell. I never really think about my chicken nuggets having faces and being being called old grimacy, but yeah. Shamrock shakes, especially for didn't Grimace end up being a purple what exactly is Grimace? I don't know, but whatever Grimace is, his uncle represents the Shamrock Shake. Huh. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um so the Shamrock Shake is actually really interesting as well because and by the way, if you guys could Google the Grimacy, Uncle Grimacy, he really was a weird ass looking thing. <laughs> <laughs> so no McDonald's restaurant is actually required to offer the Shamrock Shake. Um it was But they should. In 2012, it was announced for the first time the Shamrock Shake would be available in all McDonald's nationwide, but the restaurants don't have to carry them. It's up to the regional manager to determine if their stores will carry the shake once a year. And Jimmy Fallon is so much of a fan of the Shamrock Shake. In 2011, he actually cleaned the entire McDonald's um, nearby a Shamrock Shake out. So he can buy a hundred shakes for his audience. Hmm. Which is cool and all. For one, Jimmy Fallon kind of looks like a Shamrock Shake. <laughs> yeah. Not no no shade or anything because <laughs> Shamrock Shakes are good. At the same time, one, the two. Hopefully that you know that McDonald's their shake machine actually worked. Because, you know, you always have to make sure that you find a McDonald's whose milkshake machine actually works. It's real. That is true. Yes. There's one more weird thing I learned about the Shamrock Shake, actually. Okay. In 2017, McDonald's unveiled an amazing innovation for the Shamrock Shake lovers. It's called the straw. The straw is short for suction tube for reverse axial withdrawal. <coughs> The straw was designed by real engineers at the aerospace and robotics engineering firm Jace and NK Labs, specifically with the shamrock shake in mind. What set this device apart from conventional straws is the sharp bent in its shape and the three eye-shaped holes in addition to the opening at the bottom end. The extra holes are positioned in a way that allows drinkers to take a sip of a new layered version of the frosty treat that's eco part mint and the bottom chocolate layer. Yes. Okay, I was trying my best to be cool <laughs> about this, but this sounds like some shit from the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> and and let me guess that how long did this last? Well, it was released in twenty seventeen. I haven't heard about it before, have you? No. That's what makes me wonder if like they tried this and People went gaga for a man. Dan said, um, this is too weird. We're going to go back to the regular little funky straws. So they release a total of 2,000 straws, mm -hmm. complete with a fancy black carrying case that they gave out for free in McDonald's in 80 cities. How about yeah, they focus on getting my order right at McDonald's first? How about they just fix the damn machine so you can get a milkshake whenever you want? Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, it, I love the fact that it comes in a black carrying case. 
microphone. <laughs> it's like hearing a pool. Wait a minute. It's like hearing a pool cue. It really is. It's a straw. Okay. I I'm thoroughly <laughs> impressed now. Oh my god. Okay. So this episode's got off the rails now. <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk briefly about the best thing we ate this week. And you're, you're listening to, to the, the Gourmet, Gourmet Goober, Goober podcast. We'll be right back. This little dumpster fire. <laughs> Do you know who struggles with creating ideas? People who are actually creative. But do you know what really sucks about being a struggling creative? It's that frustration of starting a new skill, the unbearable phase of being stuck with new ideas, and of course, never knowing when or even how to make a profit from your ideas. You know that feeling, being a jack of all trades but master of none. Well, the Conscious Creative Corner podcast is the podcast where real creatives share their secret formulas on how to be irresistibly profitable in their field. So that way you can be a jack of all trade and a master of your money. So if you're ready to leave behind the frustration and exhaustion of not knowing how to live profitably, head on over to the Conscious Creative Corner podcast, where you can gain the skills you need to be a successful magnetic creative. Find it now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM. And we are back. This is JJ Outlaw, and I'm here with T Outlaw, and mm -hmm. we're wrapping up the Gourmet Goober podcast as we do every episode, talking about the best thing we ate this week. That um, highlights some of the restaurants, the little hole in the walls, the fancy vance places that we have been blessed to try some of their great cuisine, and we wanted to share it with you. Now, I say this with a caveat because um, although some of our a lot of our restaurants are Chicago-based. Occasionally, we sample restaurants that they're a local um, branches in your neck of the woods if you're outside of the Midwest or the Chicagoland area. And I, I say this because I know that many communities have been affected as far as their dining choices with um, what's happened with the coronavirus and keeping down people from going to um, crowded spaces. So... I say this, that these are recommendations that we gave before a lot of the closures and things that happen. Many of these places may still offer a delivery option for you. As always, we tell people to please be safe and hopefully um, you'll be able to experience it again in the future. Um, but that said, um, and again, that sounds like a really weird thing to say, <laughs> but yeah. this is the new normal. And so we want to acknowledge it. So with that in mind, Big Daddy, what was the best thing you had this week? Or the, since our last episode? The best thing I ate during that period was, I, I admit, I'm a bird guy. I do burgers and other things, but for the most part, you know, I'm a good sandwich dude. Um, the place I found to be the best thing I ate was a place in Wacker. I think it's on South Wacker, just on the the edge of the loop. Uh, it's called South Branch uh, Tavern and Grill. Um, went in there just on an off side on my way to work, and I came across uh, the menu and said, oh, I'll try it. Uh, just grab some carry out. But I was able to partake of something called uh, 
the South Branch okay. um, Gourmet Burger, which has a chopped up uh, a brisket sandwich on a brioche bun um, with good cheddar or Swiss. And it also had applewood bacon. Um, what else did it have on it? Um, of course, it had lettuce. Um, I do admit, I kind of, oh, good uh, tomato, but I admit, I kind of tossed the tomato and the onions and the avocado. I don't know why. But um, it was a, for a place that basically lives on its, um, on its drinks, its mixed drinks, as you will. Um, the burger was just a nice little random find from a uh, co-worker of mine. Um, so the best thing I ate during this week or during that period was, um, the South Branch from the South Branch Tavern and Grill. Well, for me, the best thing I ate during our last period, and we say this week, but to be honest, we're bi-weekly podcasts, so it could go longer than that. (laughs) Um, earlier this month, I had an opportunity to go with some members of my, um, some coworkers in order to see the Chicago Bulls play. Um, I am not a Bulls fan. I admit that, but mm-hmm. they were playing my second favorite team to the Indiana Pacers, the Dallas Mavericks. And one of my favorite new players, Luka Doncic was playing. He's plays for the Mavs. She went to go see the Bulls win. <laughs> Y'all just barely won. Okay. You just squeaked it out in the last second. That's not anything to brag about. <laughs> Y'all know what W's look like. <laughs> anyway, it was a long day, and I put in a lot of work, and so I didn't have a chance to eat lunch. And so on my way to the game, which, by the way, just as a side note, I really have to say thank you to the Chicago Bulls um, organization. They gave us such amazing seats. Like, I have never been that close to the floor before and seeing the game. Mm. And the reason we were there was that their organization contributed money to my nonprofit. They actually had uh, a member of the Chicago Sky organization shoot free throws. Oh, no, three-pointers. And for every three-pointer that she shot, we got some money. Um, And it was just a really cool experience. They were really incredibly gracious to all of us. Um, And so shout out to them for just um, doing this on our behalf and helping our clients. That was really thoughtful. So before the game, I had a chance to go to eat at a place at the Chicago Bulls where they play at United Center. It's called Queenie's Shepherd, sorry, Queenie's Supper Club. And by the way, it's a regular restaurant. You don't even have to be um, have a ticket to go see the Bulls to go in. Okay. It's located up on, I think, their second floor, I want to say. Um, but the really beautiful thing about Queenie's, it's it's like a old-fashioned supper club. So there's like a guy playing piano, and you can see a nice view of the city. And the guy, first of all, the guy who waited on me, I want to give him a shout-out. His name is Brent. He was amazing. Although it was funny because Brent and I know each other, but we don't know from where. Because every time he came to the table, we would talk and it's like, yeah, we know you, right? So it's going to come to me as I 
talk about this, maybe in the middle of this, but mm-hmm. um, again, it was a really nice place and it's a little pricier than some of the other recommendations I've given in the past, but it's so worth it. And they have really good choices. And what I chose to have was their pork, no, I'm sorry, their Berkshire pork T-bone. And it comes with these potatoes that are called Yaya potatoes. Yaya potatoes. Yaya potatoes. And Britt was telling me that Yaya potatoes um, was the owner, the person who founded the supper club. I believe it was his grandmother's. Um, recipe and they were so good they're like crispy potatoes but they were buttery and they are very lemony and mm. it's yeah right so had like it was very well seasoned you know hint of rosemary it was really really delicious the t-pone um the pork t-pone oh my gosh this pork chop was huge um, but it was so delicious and so well seasoned, and again, it wasn't overwhelming. And it was topped with these crispy slices of lemon, which sounds weird, but it really bared well with the yaya potatoes and the pork chop, and it was absolutely scrumptious. Um, the people at Queenie's were really, really cool. Um, just really excellent service. It was a great atmosphere, and it kind of um, sets you up so that you can go on to the game and really enjoy yourself. So if you happen to be near the United Center and want to get a good meal, um, definitely sneak up to the Supper Club at Queenie's. It's actually really, really great. And if you go, get the pork T-bone and with the yaya potatoes. I highly recommend it. Kudos to this guy's grandmother because she knows how to make potatoes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yes. that's tremendous. <laughs> Sounds tremendous. So we are done with another episode of the Gourmet Goober. Big Daddy, where can they find you online? You can find me once again online at T Outlaw. Um and also on Instagram at T Outlaw. Josie Wells. All one word. You can find me on Twitter at JJ Outlaw, and you can find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. As a reminder, you can send us a email um, at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. I got like a request, by the way, where people are looking for ways to support us on the show. First of all, thank you for that. <laughs> if you would like to support the Gourmet Goober, there's many ways you can do that. One, you can go to gooverswag.com and hook yourself up with some Goober gear. You can give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. In fact, if you give us a five-star review, we may actually read it on the show. So that's something that I stole from another podcast that I think is fabulous, the Black Guys Who Tip podcast. So we will continue in that tradition. Um, you can always drop us a line. You can leave us a voicemail. There's con- contact information in our show notes. And of course you can always tweet and let people know that you're listening to the gourmet goober. Um, we ask that if you are listening to us, you use the hashtag Podden. Um, it's one that's generally shared by, um, community of color podcasters in order to help grow our brands collectively. And, of course, you can always just let us know. So, again, thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. 
Um, please be safe. Wash your hands. <laughs> and to next time, this is Big Daddy and JJ saying happy eating. Happy eating.